Hello and welcome back to Randoming of the Randomness podcast. I am your host Carissa and it is my immense pleasure to say hello, hi, bonjour, ni hao, salut, hello, cuckoo, a cover, hello. <laughs> In every form of greeting, I am capable of giving. It has been a hot minute and I am very happy to be able to be making an episode, a new episode, yay, of Randoming of the Randomness podcast because, yeah, this is my baby and there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to come back to it one day. So yeah, I'm glad that today is the day. So through the airwaves, this is me asking, how are you? How do you do? How has the last couple of months been treating you? Um, wherever you are listening in from. I hope you're all doing well and I thank you for tuning in. I really, really do. I thank you for picking this up, you know, just giving us a shot because I know that, you know, after a hot minute of not being here, chances are a lot of the listenership from before, that's... um, it's probably gone off a little bit. So yeah, like if you have been here since the beginning, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate and I'm so grateful for you. If you're listening in for the first time, if you're picking us up for the first time, wow, like, hi. <laughs> C'est moi. <laughs> okay, I'm being awkward. Hello. Um, if you've listened to the announcement episode from July, then you'd know that I've had to take some time away to have a bit of a breather, and I'm glad that I did, um, because it allowed me to have a second to take a minute. Um, because I think around July things were going a bit rollercoastery in Malaysia. Uh, in regards of old Miss Rona and I'm glad I had a second to actually sit with the situation Um, not just the pandemic situation but also my own grief situation and I'm glad I'm glad I gave myself that time to work through it I'm still not completely okay I'm still not fine but yeah like every day is just one foot in front of the other and I'm just gonna keep doing that until I feel like I can be okay again um yeah uh other than that fandom wise um the time away from doing a like a podcast with all the aggressive episodes <laughs> with like the all the aggressive episode structures and the time like schedule and everything it allowed me to actually work through my old guard hyperfixation and it was good like I had that moment to listen I rewatched that movie so many times I have fallen down the rabbit hole of Luca Marinelli, Marwan Kanzari, Matthias Schoonats, 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 Matthias, Matthias, okay, like, and listen, I regret nothing, okay, I regret, je ne regret rien, je ne regret rien, nothing, <laughs> I regret nothing, um, I've gotten the chance to be so productive in the last couple of months i've lost track of the exact amount of fan fictions i've written but um 
on tally, on record, uh, on archive of our own, I have posted for the old guard in the past few months alone, um, a grand a total of 200 plus um, things. I mean, hang on, like, I, I got the numbers here, 206. 206 fanfictions um and to some like to some they might not be considered like complete fanfictions and stuff but to me that they they completely are um yeah like i've just gotten some really awesome people in my comment section my reblogs and i see all of you um listen like i may not have the time or the energy to reply to every single comment that I've, I've gotten thus far but please be assured that I read every single one and I cherish every single one and yeah they're they're really precious to me even the not so uh stellar ones because I have received those as well um because yeah like as with a lot of things um, my time in the old guard fandom hasn't always been the easiest. I have gotten some less than stellar uh, interactions, as you may say, in a very diplomatic way. But yeah, I'm glad that what the steps that I've taken, the moves that I've made to ensure that I am safeguarded against some of the more uglier sides of the fandom experience have worked to a certain extent um, so a lot of my works on archive of our own you can't actually find it unless you are logged in um, you can't comment unless you are logged in <laughs> and it's deliberate like I deliberately do that because yeah like I'm done putting up with some of this anonymous bullshit <laughs> but yeah but as a general whole my jet like as like the grand pie chart um, percentage wise, like my interactions with the people that I've interacted with in the old guard fandom have been positive. Like that's the overwhelming experience. The negative ones, those are just like, they pop up from time to time and I can deal with them because they're not the first sort of negative uh, you know negativity that I've experienced but it does I'm not gonna lie it still hurts when I go on you know the old guard man I can't English man main main tag and I see some less than stellar com like like comments meta breakdowns of like oh how, why people ship Booker Joe and Nikki and isn't it how isn't it so weird that they have like um inherent prejudices they're probably racist yeah they're they're probably like um you know influenced by um the wrong kind of ideas that and you know they're incapable of accepting criticisms you know like really they they don't they don't know what they're they're doing it's not infantilizing us but like honestly like just listen 2020 is a trash fire of a year if someone's finding some semblance of joy in a ship who are you to say otherwise who are you to invalidate my experience and who are you to police my fandom experience please just go sit down go maybe 
die on another molehill somewhere. Like it's not worth it. Don't don't do this. Seriously, do not police another person's fandom experience. Do not be the purity police. Do not be the morality patrol. Like it's just gross. Okay, um, but yeah, like <laughs> as a general whole, I keep going back on the negative parts, but like I really just want to focus on the good like as a general whole the people i've interacted with the interacted with the comments i've received on my book or joe and nikki comment like uh fix they've been uplifting they've been positive they've been some of the most loveliest things i've received like some that i i remember someone commenting saying that you know uh in 600 plus words i managed to encapsulate a lifetime of heartbreak and I think that was just some of the most that's stunningly just it it made me stop because I remember just having such a horrible day when I received that comment and it, it made me um so joyous it made me so happy like it's ridiculous I'll never meet many of the people who've left me comments and Quite frankly, I'm very sure that when we all move on from this one media product, we're probably not going to bump into each other. Even though like, I'm a multi-fan and multi-shipping hoe, um, <laughs> we're probably not going to bump each other into each other um, in the same moment, like in this sort of you know, cultural zeitgeist that we're in. But I am so grateful for every single one of you. And I'm all... I'm... Ah, uh, I just... I love every single one of you, even if I never meet you, I never get to talk to you in person, and you may never know me um, in real life. I just want to say I love you and thank you for making this year just that little bit less shitty for me. So yeah. Anywho, <laughs> apparently I have been dubbed the grand dame of the booker Joe Nikki shift and it is a title I gladly accept because to be honest, yes, I may sound a little shameless and by a little shameless, I really do mean I take a, gra- a, a grand heap of pride in this because I put effort into my fix, okay? Even the 200 word ones okay i i put effort i put a lot of yeah a lot of time into writing well over 200 plus fan fictions for you guys to read so yes i will gladly take that particular title for myself thank you (laughs) but other than that yeah like um my time away from the podcast was also spent on my work in real life and on my health, both physical and mental. I'm very glad that the support system that I've had um, have helped me, buoy me through this. And I just, I thank everyone both in real life and online who have taken the time to say hi, check in with me, play tag games, ga- tag games. I can't English, what's up? <laughs> Um, play tag games and ask meme games with me um, everyone who has left me pick like thick prompts comments kudos who's indulged in my crazier um, omega booker 
trailing alternate universe of alternate universes i thank you all <laughs> whether you did it and on and on or off i thank every single one of you you guys are absolute rocks and yeah like anyone who had taken time to comment kudos reblogged like my post from the bottom of my heart thank you yeah so that's what i've i've been doing in the past couple of months away from this podcast um but yeah we're gonna get into this week's episode and today's episode um is going to focus on wonder woman 1984 because um if anything i started out on youtube as a as a movie review series review kind of um channel and one of the very first things i reviewed was actually wonder woman back in 2017 and i think it only apt to do it on my podcast um so yes today we're focusing on wonder woman 1984 which i watched today in the cinema yes i went to the cinema to watch it even though yes i know it's coming out on hbo max but i'm not very sure i can get that in malaysia cuz like hey we don't really get everything on time so your girl needed to watch wonder woman okay she needed to watch it she needed a moment to check out from reality because today was kind of stressful and i'm glad i took um the time out to actually sit in the cinema and watch wonder woman and yeah t- today's episode's just going to be me talking about wonder woman so there maybe well they're not there it's not going to be a maybe there will be spoilers ahead so please do carry on with caution because i don't want to ruin this ru- this viewing experience for anybody if you're looking forward to it you're saving yourself for like christmas and you just don't want to ruin this um for you or you know anyone you may be with yeah just yeah just don't 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 proceed beyond or even proceed with caution um but Yeah like I'm not going to get into like major plot points so please don't worry about that. I'm just going to gloss a little bit over but there will be some sort of um main points coming to for ish. Yeah, English isn't my friend today and in yeah, it's almost like midnight here right now. So I'm just I'm just doing my best as we all should. Okay. So, I'm not going to okay, I'm not going to say I I was going through a Pedro Pascal moment this week. Uh but I kind of was um and I regret nothing because the dude deserves an Oscar after the whole Mandalorian thing and yeah, like I'm going to definitely do a Mandalorian episode sometime because holy shit. <laughs> The Mandalorian is exquisite, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but I'm gonna leave that for another day because I don't want this episode to go way too long. And it's already like we're already 15 minutes in, going on 16, and we need to get started. We need to get started on this. Okay, okay. So I watched the Wonder Woman um, 1984 movie, and let me just tell you, I think I cried more watching this film than I did the first one, and I and that's saying something because I cried buckets. watching the first one and i love the first one with every single ounce of my heart i've lost track of 
the time, the amount of times I've watched the first um, Wonder Woman film, um, how much I love it, how much I adore it, how much I have um, just broken down this, I've discussed it, I've done meta about it, and I just love Wonder Woman, okay, like, I, I love, I love the, 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 2017 Wonder Woman movie, so this was definitely a movie that I was looking forward to, um, it was definitely something, um, yeah, like, I, I really wanted to watch, and I'm so glad I, I did, um, I went to a local cinema to, to watch it, um, we were all socially distanced, like, it was just this gap between myself and the next person that's um, sitting on the chair, like the next person next to me. So there was a gap of a chair between me and the other person. They took out the seat so that, you know, nobody could like sneakily try and get into that particular seat. Um, we were all socially appropriately distanced at all times. Safety announcements were given um, before the screening, even before we got into the um, into the, the, the cinema hall, uh, there really wasn't a lot of people because I think cinemas only opened up like this week. Like the cinema where I went to watch, it opened up earlier this week. And yeah, like I think I, I avoided the main rush because I think most people went and watched it um, within the first two days of screening. And I didn't do that. I did that like on the fourth day, fourth, fourth day of screening, because it came out on the sixteenth, and then I just watched it today. I can't dance, so yeah, just believe me. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm so. I, when the news of the sequel was announced, I was so glad because they said that you know the main crew is coming back, um, as in like Gal Gadot. Um, Chris Pine and Patty Jenkins and I was so happy to know that Robin Wright and uh, Connie Nielsen were coming back to reprise their roles as well um, we're going to get like like you know all these like moments and I mean when the first trailer dropped I was just so hyped because I mean you can't do a movie set in the 80s and not have a trailer with um, new orders like a blue Monday, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, like I was vibing with it, I was down with it, I was ready for it, and yet none of it could have prepared me for this experience. Um, because one of the main things I was looking forward to was the fact that I wanted to know where you know the the main crew from the first movie end up. So, like, you know, chief. Um, you know, Edda, all of them, I just want to know where they all ended up, and we got to see it in, like, the little uh, pictures in the beginning, um, we saw what I think was uh, Charlie's wedding, and we we got to see Edda in her old age coming to New York, and still friends with with Diana, which I found so lovely and so sweet, and, you know, like, I thought was one of the main things about the first movie that made me, that endeared me to it so much. And, 
oh, I'm just so glad to know that they had a friendship through the years.、Um, and Diana was in their lives that she didn't distance herself from them, and they remained friends. And I think that just that just warms my heart to know that she had that with them. And yeah, like I don't read a lot of Wonder Woman fan fiction, but I'm pretty sure. It's、uh, there's definitely a few out there, and I'm gonna seek them out,、um, or even many of them, where Diana remains in their lives, and I, I'm just so glad to see that. You know, like I'm so happy to know that she wasn't truly, truly alone. She had them. She had people who knew what she, what she went through and what it meant for her, and I'm glad. I'm just, I am, I am truly glad.、Um, but yeah, like,、um, I. Loved how they paid off. Some like this is gonna be a long bit, but I loved how they paid off some of the more iconic moments of the first film that made it so lovely. Um, for me, for many people who loved it like me, um, the especially like the jumping right into it, Steve and Diana's um reunion because from the moment Chris Pine was announced as coming back as Steve Trevor. I think we were all looking forward to the moment the Wonder Trev couple、um, were finally reunited, and it definitely delivered that moment in spades because their reunion,、um, and punctuated by the last moment they had together on the airfield. Like I cried during the reunion, and it was just this one circular, like three sixty shot of them, and. You know, Steve repeating that line. I wish we had more time together to get her attention. And then there were that was that moment of them dancing as they walked together、um, at Abraham Lincoln statue, the Potomac. I I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry, America. I don't know what it's called. I just know that's like Abraham Lincoln's like statues there because I saw it in X Men First Class. So that's how I know. And, oh, and um, um, Steve Rogers was running, um, jogging with Sam Wilson in Civil War. Um, so yeah, like they were there, and it's so lovely. I couldn't stop smiling throughout this film. Like I could not. This film makes. I think that's just like. That's just it for me, you know. Like it brings me so much joy. Like I'm even smiling about it. Like as I'm talking about it, like it brings me so much joy to be, to be talking about、um, Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, and the second Wonder Woman movie, movie, and I think the inevitable third movie, whenever that comes around, will definitely give me the same warm and fuzzy feeling as well. Because gosh, oh gosh, this is one of the Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Okay, okay, going on. Then there, then okay, parallels paying off. Um, remember that first time that Diana arrives in London and she's walking through the streets, and that that moment is paid off with Steve walking through Washington and just, um, you know, going on the subway, you know,、uh, seeing all the breakdancing people and the fashion and. The the car and in you know the 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 plane the commercial airplanes and you know no like seeing the contrast of of how you know before and after you know when it was like 
19, the 1910s and now in the 1980s, the span of like 70 years. It's just oh, it's so lovely. And, and then to a certain extent, the moment, remember that moment where Diana at the, at the, the, the dress shop, like the, the department store, when she was going through that revolving door to get out with like her shield and her, her sword and Steve being shown how to use an escalator. I think it's so joyous it was so joyous there's so much wonder in it and it's like it's never played to sort of shame them it's always played to be like wow okay cool like and it's it, they don't linger in it and draw it out it's just this perfect sweet spot of like wow it's like this is a new thing for these people and it's so cute and so cool and then there are that there's that moment where in this in 1984 uh, diana says to um uh cat uh kristen griggs uh, Barbara Minerva, that language is, is a, a hobby to her when she tries when she like accurately translates the Latin on the base of the dreamstone. And it pays off that moment in front of the war council in the first movie where she easily and casually points out that Dr. Maru's uh, notes are written in Otto Ottoman and Sumerian, like a mix of those two languages. Like it just casually plays off that particular moment and also that moment when when um she and Sammy were having that uh, that battle of languages in the pub. I'm I'm a nerd for like languages. I'm a geek for that for languages as well because like, uh, languages are a hobby for me. Um, I I am a polyglot and polyglot polyglot. I can't. <laughs> and yeah, like every time I get to see media products with multiple languages involved in. The script and everything is it just makes me so happy okay yeah then diana's like fashion moment in the in the department store with edda growing more and more frustrated with her and her her complaints about like um all the fashion choices that she that she can't fight in and that are too tight in and she finds a bit ridiculous and how that moment in this movie Steve had it um, with him trying out the clothes I think people have been seeing like that clip in like trailers and everything but listen the full moment is so worth watching because like Steve has that moment like are, is everybody work wearing parachutes now and then like um, he has this deep attachment to his like fanny pack and I'm like bro son yes wear that fanny pack with pride and he loves his like shoes and he was so happy when Diana let him keep his shoes it just yeah like all the peak 80s fashion literally was I cannot I love it <laughs> then um there's the moment, um, remember remember on the train platform when they were heading um, to the front, to the war, where Diana has her first taste of ice cream and Steve has that moment here as well and where she, he delightedly exclaims that he's been eating Pop-Tarts all morning and getting, um, uh, getting, you know, like three pots of coffee in them. I'm just... And that sheer sort of wonderment in his eyes. Like, I think they had this sort of flip sort of wonderment role. Uh, and yeah, like Steve had that. Like Steve's playing that. And oh my god. Literally, Chris Pine is the best Chris, yeah? yeah? I think we've established that. Chris is the best Chris. Hands down, he's the best Chris. I will not 
I, I'm so sorry, Evans. I'm sorry, Hemsworth, and not sorry, Pratt. Um, but yeah, Chris is the best Chris. And I mean, Chris, Pine is the best Chris, sorry. Pine is the best Chris. And I will fight anyone who disagrees, okay? <laughs> but yes, um, Steve, Trevor being a quick study is also paralleled here. Like we remember, of course, that bit in the first film where he remembers seeing the Amazons doing the shield maneuver and using it in Valk to help Diana up to the church tower to take out the sniper. In 1984, he also picks up a hand-to-hand combat move. Um, and I think that's really dope. And I love how they don't just downplay him um, for the sake of you know, Diana's character and they don't downplay Diana for him and there's this concert, there's this harmony in their characterizations that's so lovely to watch and I just, yeah, I think this is going to be right up there with Lord of the Rings as something not it's almost midnight. Where are you guys going? There's a curfew. <laughs> There's a curfew, my friends. Go home. And why is your car so loud? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've been trying to record for like three... Like, this is my third time trying to record, so... I'm getting really tired. <laughs> but yes, digressing. Um, yeah, like, I just... I love... Steve Trevor as a character and I've loved him so much in the first one just as much as I love Diana and this one I just wanted nothing more but happiness and joy and love with them but obviously as with you know the predictability of these types of stories you know that's not gonna happen but you still you know futilely hope for that for them um, I love how Steve as a character is his own fleshed out character from the beginning, from the get-go. Um, I think this was very evident in the first film as well. In this one, I think it's just reinforced that. I, I, it's, been, it, it, it's been emphasized in this film, that sort of independence um, of his own character how his own character growth, his own character arc is not dependent on Diana's and neither Diana like Diana's is not like entirely dependent on him as well. Um, I love that towards the climax of this film, he tells her that he had had a full life and she added to it and like it wasn't that his life has was changed by her or became even more amazing because or, or of her but it was made more wonderful because he had her in her in his life he met her and she was present in his life and I think we can only ever hope to have that sort of love in our lives one day or even sort of friendship because well love and friendship for me I think it's just like the same thing kind of and yeah like we can only hope to have people in our lives that make our lives even more wonderful because they are there. And then there was the way that their goodbye was handled in this one because I loved the way that um, the, their parting was done. 
in the first film. And I think that was the scene that made me cry buckets the first time I watched it. Um, cry buckets the second time I watched it. So it gets me every single time. Um, the way that they are goodbye was handled in this one was just exquisite pain and glorious beauty. And I... I cried. I definitely cried because I knew I, I could see it coming from a mile away. You can definitely tell where this film was going from a mile away because it's it's really obvious. Um, but it does it so well. Like it pays it off. Like there's this certain finesse in the way that they use the predictability element of these types of stories, and it pays it off so well. You know, like Steve tells her the world deserves her and it echoes how deserve was something that was an exchange um, that they had about, about whether the world does or does not deserve or whether, um, you know, it's not about deserve or it is about deserve and like the first film. And for me, that that is one of the most uh, most powerful scenes of the first film and the most powerful messages of the first film it's not about deserve it's not whether you deserve to have good things it's not whether you deserve to have bad things happen to you or whether you deserve something or another it's about you know whether you're willing to take um, control and whether you're willing to step up to the plate when the time comes for it and I love that and oh, okay this part really just gets to me but i love how in this one she has she gets to tell him she loves him too and oh my god my heart my heart i'm telling you guys my heart y'all my heart <laughs> the way they uh, the way gal gadot was just playing that particular scene i cannot I am thinking about it and I'm already contemplating a second rewatch just so that I can rewatch that scene, okay? Like, I cannot. I love it. I love it to bits. And then in this, and, and then in this one, they had the snowfall scene as well. Like, with the one in, like, a payoff of that moment in Feld the first time around when, when um, Diana was, you know, in the town square and it's after the battle and they're just chilling, they're just like relaxing and there's a moment, there's a reprieve from the horrors of war and, you know, I was already in buckets of tears by now but like just, that just sealed the deal. I was owned thrice over by this franchise. I love it so much, okay? I adore it. I dig it and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm probably missing a lot of parallels. I'm probably missing a lot. And you can feel free to, like, drop me a line and, and tell me what you saw that I didn't see. I'm definitely going to have to do, like, multiple rewatches to catch everything again. And I'll gladly do the multiple rewatch thing. Um, but, yeah. Oh, my God, this film. Um, yeah, like, and I love... I adore how Steve Trevor obviously drinks his Respect Women juice on the daily and I adore that. I love it. Would love to see it. Um, and you know that John Mulaney meme where he goes, that's my wife? That that particular like gif that just goes around. Um, yeah, we, we, we dig it. We dig a man who, who uh, clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, adores um, the ladies in his life, the lady in his life, um, 
And it's just like there was there wasn't any point where Steve um you know tries to stop Diana um other than that point where he realized that she 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 really needs um like help um yeah like Steve just lets Diana do her thing he trusts her in her ability she he backs her up with his own skills he provides support and yeah like like I said like he has only a, he like he asserts himself when he sees that there's something really wrong and Diana is hurt and he knows that the situation can only get better if he asserts himself and insists on something and I love that I really really do I love that I love how love was such a central theme in the first movie and it carries through to here love and acceptance is is such a huge thing here as well grief is also a big thing and I think in this year grief is such a huge issue just for me personally but for everyone else around us as well and yeah like the central idea is we we will always want better we will always want more and there is nothing wrong in it but there comes a point where you just need to understand that more never doesn't necessarily mean good you know more doesn't necessarily mean a better time or a happier moment more can mean more suffering more hardship and it is on us and it is our duty to not let it get that way get what I mean (laughs) but yeah um yeah (laughs) oh my god I'm so sorry (laughs) like thank you for 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 listening to me ramble on about like um this movie I just I love it so much um I needed to watch this in the cinemas because I needed something good to end this year with and I resigned myself to only being able to watch this film in cinemas like next year but I'm so glad that they decided to release it in cinemas um, under this new Warner Brothers um, model of cinematic release. I'm not complaining thus far because I, I think, you know, we should give it a, a shot, just a look-see to see if it's a viable model. Um, yeah, this is a good film, I think, and it deserves every bit of praise it gets because it is definitely one of the better sequels I've seen ever <laughs> this is a solid 10 10 for me the script was way better than the first one and the first one was pretty darn good in my books i felt like the pacing was done better this round too as well and they really did play into galga dot's um strength as an actress in this one and it shows um they allowed her to sort of do her own thing and i think that really helped for her to um, give the performance that she did in this film. Um, I love how 
everything was more in your face from the get-go, the 80s nostalgia, the fashion, the music, the aesthetics. I just, I dig that. Um, when I had heard of uh, Kristen Wiig being casted as Barbara Minerva in 1984, I was really excited because I think she's a very capable actress and I believe that she would have fit right into this and I was right. I think she carried the role really well. She definitely balanced um, the... Um, awkward goofiness and the earnestness in the beginning with the more um, desperate uh, hardcoreness um, at the end like it, she was very endearing to me um, as a viewer and you can understand her, her motivations as to why she took the path that she did why she made the decisions that she did because if you had a chance to be Diana Prince wouldn't you want to you know and then um, with Pedro Pascal, like I'd seen him in Game of Thrones as Aubrey Martel, and then I got into The Mandalorian, and that suckered me in very fast. So, like, that was how, like, Aubrey Martel was how I first knew him. Um, Mandalorian was how I sort of like followed up. <laughs> But I've known that he's he's always um, been he's always been a capable actor in my eyes. Like Narcos was a good project for him as well. I think he's a very nuanced actor. I think his range and and legit after seeing him as Din Djarin, um for the past like eight weeks <laughs> after having him as Din Djarin, him as Maxwell Lord is just. A plus because the brother has range. He has the range, darling. He is so over the top. He's so obnoxious, and it, it it's such a super contrast to how he plays the Mandalorian. And it is stunning to watch. And honestly, the man and fatherhood. I don't know what it is, but like holy balls, this like I cried for him as well, and I've been crying for him since like I watched um you know chapter 16 and I cannot I cannot with Pedro Pascal someone someone please give him an Oscar the man deserves it okay so like yeah like I really loved how they reused elements of the first film in this one and how some of them were used to convey certain things, like certain little like elements, like for example, um, Steve's watch and how you know Diana already had it on her shelf, and how when her wish, the moment her wish was granted, it started ticking again, um, because you know it stopped ticking and it, um, when it started up again, it fell on its like front, as if it was about to be used again, and. I love that. I love that sort of symbolism about like how um, her life stopped, like her life like took kind of a pause, and she's she's she gets him back, you know, after that time pause, kind of. So yeah, I think the it with. Um, their third act in this in 1980, uh, 1984 um, they handle it way better than the first time around because I think the first time around like the first movie the third act was kind of the bit that I found the weakest like the weakest link in that particular film 
So I, I think they did this time around better. Yeah, and um, I rewatched the first film within hours of watching 1994, which is how I was doing these notes. Um, and knowing what I know now, knowing what I just seen, uh, really hammers home how she's grown from the first film, how she has lost that wide-eyed innocence. Um, I think it, I, I love it, I love it. I think I could grow to love the DCEU if they can just give, keep giving me these things, you know. <laughs> I'm not against that. I'm not against um, loving the DCEU, definitely for sure. Um, but in conclusion, conclusively, if, you've, if you enjoyed the first film, then you would enjoy this one too. I am very, very certain of that. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's that on that. Uh, I had fun watching um, Wonder Woman 1984. I hope you did as well. Um, I hope you do as well. Um, yeah, like, it's been a weird year. And we all deserve every single bit of happiness and joy that we all can get. In terms of what's next with this podcast, I've got some content planned. I'm going to talk about some other podcasts. <laughs> These are podcasts that I, I got into and I um, adore. I've, I've listened to them at work and they've really helped um, with the stress. <laughs> and I just want them to gain more listeners because they're some of the best things I have had to grace my ears. Um, yeah, I've got the content planned. I'm gonna space them out. I'm not entirely sure where the next update will be or what shape it will take, but I, I thank you for sitting with me to listen to me ramble on about Wonder Woman 1984. I hope you had had a good listening experience. Um, yeah, before I sign off, um, I welcome topic suggestions. If you'd like to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram at thegabcarry, that is T-H-E-G-A-B-C-A-R-R-I-E, or you can email me um, my, the email for this podcast is randomingpodcast at gmail.com. That is R-A-N-D-O-M-I-N-G podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, like Christmas is coming. Yeah, winter is, well, winter is here. So Christmas is coming. And, um, and so, yeah, it's almost like, dude, I need sleep. Um, and so... Until next time, I wish you all the best of the season's joys. Um, please take care of yourselves. Um, all my love to everyone. And um, I wish you a great rest of the year. If I'm not updating um until next year uh, hopefully not hopefully I, I get to up, up, update 
we'll see. Um, but yeah, please take care of yourselves. Please be kind to yourselves. I love you all. Bye for now.